Welcome to the Carolyn Shuttlesworth Podcast, where we'll dive deep into the Word of God, build strong faith, and finish the devil. Here's your host, author, speaker, and nonstop mom, Carolyn Shuttlesworth. So I'm going to be talking tonight about seven things to keep that fuel going. It's so important. It's so important. You know, everybody gets all like gung-ho at the beginning of the year. Right, we like make all these goals. We're like, I'm signing up at the gym. Everyone sees it, right? At the beginning of the year, everyone has those like workout memes where it's like you go into the gym and it's super crowded because everybody, hey Michael, hey Angie, everybody gets into that gear. There's like new year, new me, new gym membership, new everything, new diet, new food. Everyone's into the new. But we have to remember that when January 31st comes around and then February 1st and then the end of February and we get into March 1st and we get into that place where the months go and the year is going on that we're keeping that fuel, we're keeping that momentum, we're hanging on to what uh, God told us during these 21 days of prayer and fasting. We have our vision board, we're not letting go uh, what we're going to see, what we're believing God for. That, that, that this, this time that we've set aside, you know, I make these days different. I'm not out working out. I actually, you know, <laughs> I was joking with Jenna the other day because she like texted me. She's like, hi, I miss you. I haven't seen you, you know, and I get that. But I kind of almost go MIA. I just, I take a step back. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm taking a step back in my home with my family. I've got my reading. You know, you're not eating. So I'm not going to keep the same run around, crazy, crazy schedule, hang out. You know, I've, I'm doing things with the kids. Today we went bike riding. Yesterday we went bike riding. So I don't become a hermit, but my days look different because I'm literally setting aside this time to seek the Lord, see what he has for our family, for myself, for the church, it's important. We have to have listening ears and we have to back it up with supernatural vision. And so that's what we're doing. Hey, Joanne. Hey, Liz. Hey, Allie. And that's what we're doing now. That's what we're doing in these 21 days. So we're on day 15. I'm so proud of you for doing it. And it's almost coming to an end. And I know these broadcasts have really helped you. I mean, I when I'm not here, I'm sitting home and watching them and putting them on and it's becoming a routine. And it's important that we're engaged in this because it's filling us up. It's pushing us. This revelation, this information of the word of God, it's pushing us. It's filling us because if you just decide not to eat and do whatever, you're going to be hangry and you're going to be <laughs> upset and you might as well just eat because that is not 21 days of prayer and fasting. And we're fasting, folks. Okay, we're on, on night 15, and we are fasting food. I know many of you have gone and done a liquid fast. Many of you have kept up with the 6 to 6, but we're fasting food. We're not giving up uh, social media. We're not giving up Netflix. We're not giving up bike riding. I don't, I don't know what people make up. To, to give up but we're not we're giving up food that's what fasting is not eating hi susan so i'm really proud of you guys for pushing the plate away and digging in deeper 
as we've been doing this. Okay, let's get into it. I'm gonna go through seven things and you know, we won't be here. Uh, yes, we are, Liz, and let me tell you, I am right there with you. Liz says, we're close enough to think about our break meal. And I've been thinking about it. I'm not sure what I wanna do yet, but I have actually thought about it today. I started thinking, okay, maybe I'm gonna go to Fresh Market. Maybe I'm gonna go here. Maybe I'm gonna do this. <coughs> but we're, we're getting there. It is coming to that time because, you know, these juices and these clear bone broths, they're just, you know, they're not cutting it anymore. But we're staying strong because we got this. Our flesh, we're pushing down. We have to be big enough to say no. I mean, like, we want all of these things from God. We want to be so big and supernatural. We want to be like, yeah, I, I'm working miracles and God's answering my prayers and this and that. And we don't have the willpower to just be like, listen, I, I'm, I'm pushing the plate away. I'm fasting. But that's not you. That's why you've jumped on. You guys are pressing in. You are the Victory Tribe. And so I love hanging out with you. Okay, so seven things I wanted to go through of keeping the the fuel, the fuel going. Because just like any of you have started a fire, any of you know anything about a fire, if you've gone camping, if you've done, you know, a fire for s'mores in the back, there is fuel that goes on it to keep the flames going because if not, you know, when we go camping in Wyoming and we make a fire to cook the food, <coughs> excuse me, to sit outside around it, you know, a campfire, we're constantly putting wood on it because we want to keep the flames going. We want to keep them hot. We want to keep the flames big. And that's what we're doing. That's what we're, we're doing this month. We're keeping that because we've got the rest of the year to run. We've got the rest of the year to live off that supernatural strength. And so we're pushing ourselves harder to go deeper and get a revelation from God like never before. And I feel you on that one, Liz. Liz, Liz says there's a supernatural strength in this one even more than last year. And Pastor Ted and I said that just in the first week. We said that in the first week. We said there is a strength, there, there's an easiness on this fast. Um, you know, we do the liquid fast the entire time, and it is. And, and any small moment that you start to feel like a little bit of low, you just grab something to drink, you press in, I thank the Lord, and you know, and I stay in that joy. So I feel you on that one, Liz. There is a supernatural strength. Okay, so the first one I'm gonna go over is we're gonna feed the flames with the word of God. God wants to empower us. He wants to empower us, but we can't do that unless we have the word of God. That's our fuel. God's word is given to us to push forward and to succeed. Everything about our Christian life is to be successful. Everything. Everything he wants us to do, everything that we're putting our hand to is to be successful. He doesn't want us to fail. We're not set up to be failures. We operate from a victorious standpoint. So everything he wants us to do, we have been set up for success. Now, are we going to live it? Are we going to take it? Are we going to walk in it? Are we going to confess it? Are we going to see it? That's up to us. But the word of God is here for us to take as 
you know, flaming those, those, those fire to make it bright, to make it strong. We're going to take action in the word, our confession, beliefs, step of faith. That's what we're going to be doing. We're not going to just take this time. Okay, so for 21 days we got up and we read the Bible or we did it before bed or, you know, whatever your routine has been. And then all of a sudden, day 22, that you're like, well, I'm good. We're not, we're not in the middle of 21 days of prayer and fast anymore. No, that, this is setting the tone. Now you continue with it. Now you make sure that becomes a part of your day. This is life's manual right here. People are always wandering around the world, always, <coughs> always searching for an answer, always trying to figure out something else. And Christians get caught in that trap of, I need to go over here and figure out what I need to do in life. I need to do this. I need to read this 18-step book. I need to win right here is life's manual. And the best thing is he sent us the Holy Spirit to be our guide, to lead us and guide us into all truth. So it is possible. And, you know, people don't always, you know, agree. That's okay. To live a struggle-free life. We don't have to mess up. We don't have to walk away from the Lord and come back. We don't have to learn a ton of lessons. That, that's what this is for. That like a parent. Okay, so I teach my kids, okay, and like you as parents, we've taught our kids, we don't, we don't stick, you know, forks in electrical outlets, we don't touch stoves, we don't walk out into the street without looking both ways. All these things will prevent them from being hurt, right? So that's like the word of God. This is going to prevent us from messing up from making bad mistakes. This is preventing us from being hurt. This word keeps us alive. Just like it is alive, it says it's alive and powerful, and so it keeps us alive. That's why it's key, 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 key as a believer to get into the word of God because we don't know what's going on without it. How are we gonna know anything? How, do we, how are we gonna know what the word of God says about our healing? What about prosperity? There's so many Christians out there that beg for money. They're, go they're called, I like to call them this. I've titled them this. They're called GoFundMe Christians. You know what a GoFundMe Christian is? It's every time they have a need, they've never known how to sow towards it. They've never known how to, how to give. They've never known how to do anything else outside of ask people for money. Do not be a GoFundMe Christian. Just letting you know right now. It doesn't look pretty. It's not, it's, not, it's not becoming on you. Do not be a GoFundMe Christian because that's a trap. I, I, I get into this like, you know, let's teach people what the Word of God says about prosperity, how he wants you to be wealthy here on earth, not just in heaven. But we don't know that unless we go into and get a revelation from where? The Word of God. If not, you're always going to be stuck and you're always going to be that person that has to sell a ton of things online to, to get, you know, money and somebody who can't hold down a job and someone who's always like being a GoFundMe Christian. I don't have any other way to put it for you except that's how it ends up being because they don't know how to work the word. But that comes down to what? 
we perish for our lack of knowledge. I don't want to perish. I want to know what the Word of God says about every situation, every topic, everything that pertains to my life because it is the answer. <coughs> okay, so we're going to feed the flames with the Word of God. We are not going to grow cold. We're going to keep that Word close to us, and that's what we're going to go to. It's our life's manual. Okay, number two, exactly what we are honing in on, exactly what we're focusing on, these 21 days, we're going to add fuel with prayer. Prayer is key. Prayer is key. There's so much power to it. I grabbed this quote from an old evangelist from the 1800s. His name was Evangelist Oswald Chambers. And I love this quote about prayer that I found a long time ago. And I'll keep quotes in my iPad and go back to them if it pertains to something I'm teaching on. But I love this one. It says, he said, prayer is the vital breath of the Christian, not the thing that makes him alive, but the evidence that he is alive. I love that. I'm going to say it one more time. Oswald Chambers said, prayer is the vital breath of a Christian, not the thing that makes him alive, but the evidence that he is alive. Prayer is our direct communication with the Lord. It's our way to give him glory. It's our way to brag on him. It's our way to worship. It's our way to ask. We talk to so many people. I'm sure even some of you have jobs that are always talking on the phone. What if you're customer service? What if you're, you know, like Leslie Joy, she, she works for a travel agency, so she's always talking to people, always trying to book travel for people, always trying to do a vacation for somebody. So you're constantly talking. But a lot of people don't take that same energy, enthusiasm, desire, and they don't pray. They just feel like, I'm one with the Lord, I'm saved, we're good, and then, and then they move on. But it's an actual relationship. Any of you, you know, that live with people in your home, do you talk to them? Or do you literally, like, just walk by and there's, like, no communication whatsoever? No, everyone's communicating with somebody every day. And so that's prayer. It's a direct line. How blessed are we as Christians to have a direct line to our Heavenly Father? whenever we need him. We don't have to wait on hold for 50 minutes like I had to do today with an airline. <sighs> we don't have to do, we don't have to. We have a direct communication, direct communication. So look, asking. These are different things we can do when we're, when we're praying. Asking. All throughout the Bible, he wants us to ask. I think sometimes we feel a little timid in asking. We either feel shame from a past we don't we feel unworthy we feel like he's busy maybe the lord's like you know helping somebody else and he can't help me that that's not how it works that's not our heavenly father he has enough time and enough love for everybody and and so we have to get that it doesn't matter where you came from what you've done who you are who your parents are all we have to do is ask all throughout the bible Look, Matthew 7, 7, ask and it will be given to you. John 15, 7, but if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything 
you want and it will be granted. How about this? John 14, 13, 14. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do. So far, I have noticed, <coughs> so far I've noticed that with the, the few verses I looked up where in prayer, where you can ask to, to the Lord, he hasn't said no one time. Matthew 7, 7, ask and it will be given to you. John 15, 7, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. Well, he seems like a really nice heavenly father. John 14, 13 through 14, whatever you ask in my name, this I will do. That the father may be glorified in the son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. He repeats it twice there. How about Matthew 21, 22? You can pray for anything. And if you have faith, you will receive it. There, there's our end. That's the, that's the part we have to work, is if we have faith, our confession stays right, our believing stays right, and then you will receive it. So none of these few verses, I mean, if you were to look up all the verses in the Bible where it talks about if you ask the heaven, your Heavenly Father what, what He's going to say to you, none of it is a rejection. None of it is, I'm busy. None of it is, oh, have you done this, 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 and this? It just says, simple, you have faith, you got it. You ask in my name, you got it. I'm going to grant it to you. So prayer and making, adding that fuel with prayer is so powerful because we can ask, and that's what we're doing. That's what we're doing here in these 21 days of prayer and fasting. We're going before the Lord. And we're saying, Lord, you ask, ask, you're asking questions. What is it you're having me do this year? Lord, what is my purpose in this area? Lord, what is my next step? Lord, who am I supposed to marry? Lord, what am I supposed to give? Different things. We ask, and he always grants and always answers. I love it. Prayer, it shows obedience. We're told to pray, right? In 1 Thessalonians 5, pray continually. Not, it doesn't say just pray for 21 days and then all of that prayer rolls into the entire year and you're safe until the next uh, January 2nd when we start prayer and fasting again. No, that's not what it says. Pray continually. Prayer shows relationship, just like I said at the beginning. You want to be around people you love. I want to be around Jesus because I love him. It shows honor. I want to honor him. I want to be around him. I want to have direct communication. <clears throat> I want him to know my voice. You know your kid's voice when they call to you? If Maddie says something to me, if Brooklyn says something to me, if Teddy says something to me, I know exactly what child that is. They could yell something through the house. I could be in another room. I know exactly who's calling my name, right? Well, I want that to be the same for the Lord. I want to have such a relationship with him, with my prayer time, with reading the word, that when I speak, oh, Carolyn's reaching out to me again. Oh, Tammy's reaching out. Oh, that's Leslie. Oh, Christina. Okay, there she is. And so he's saying, I have a, just a relationship. I hear their voice, and I know exactly Who's talking to me? And I love that. I want to be that close to my Heavenly Father. I want to be that close. All right? 
Number three, worship keeps the flames. And I wanted to read a few verses in Psalm 146. I love these verses. I love these. I have them highlighted and highlighted and underlined because I love these verses when I read Psalm. Psalm 146. I'm talking about how to, um, seven ways to feed the flames so we don't become cold. We're not going to be this wishy-washy Christian. That's not what we are. That's not who follows this ministry. That's not Victory Tribe. We are tough. We're strong. We're full of faith. We're full of authority. We see miracles. We do what God asks us to do. That's who we are. We're a mighty army. And so three, worship keeps those flames going. Telling the Lord, worship keeps those flames going. And it doesn't always have to be a song. It doesn't have to mean like, okay, every day I have to put on worship music and praise the Lord. Although, yeah, that's good. But worship, it, it brags on Jesus. It talks about his mighty acts. It talks about those testimonies. Bring those up again. Tell the Lord how wonderful he is, how thankful you are for all the things he's done in your life, how he's kept you, how he's protected you, how he's blessed you. Those are the things. That's worship. Tell him he's a mighty king. There's nobody above his name. There's nobody like him. There's no one more magnificent than him. <clears throat> when you brag on Jesus, he always shows up. So Psalm 146, verse 4, I'll start there. Let each generation tell its children of your mighty acts. Let them proclaim your power. I will meditate on your majestic, glorious splendor and your wonderful miracles. Your awe-inspiring deeds will be on every tongue. I will proclaim your greatness. Everyone will share the story of your wonderful goodness. They will sing with joy about your righteousness. The Lord is merciful and compassionate slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. The Lord is good to everyone. He showers compassion on all his creation. All of your works will thank you, Lord, and your faithful followers will praise you. They will speak of the glory of your kingdom. They will give examples of your power. They will tell about your mighty deeds and about the majesty and the glory of your reign. For your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. You rule through all generations. That's verses 4 through 13. And you can keep going. Look at the next verse. The Lord always keeps his promises. He is gracious in all he does. He helps the fallen. And you can just, you can just say all those things. You can make them prayer points. You can talk about the glory of God. You can talk about how majestic he is how faithful he is, how compassionate he is on your family, how much, you know, <coughs> he loves us and the joy and peace. Worship the Lord. Talk to him. If it involves singing, do that. If it involves, like I said, you're in the car, you're cooking dinner, you're cleaning your room, anything. If it involves and you want to take time, there's times where I've put just put music on and I've gotten on my knees in my bedroom and I've just worshiped the Lord and I've just built it out. However it looks, it's a time to honor the Lord and brag on him. That keeps your love strong. That keeps your desire strong. That keeps an attachment there. You know, when, when I, <clears throat> I do that with my husband, if, I'm, if you're always saying, you know, I love you so much, you're so wonderful, 
you know, this and that, you, you it, it almost like causes you, you, they want to be around you because you're always bragging on them, right? But you also want to be around that person, you know, and I always go into my kids and I'm always hugging them and bragging on them and telling them how great they are. And, you know, so that it, and I enjoy being around my kids to do that. And then they enjoy that. They want to be in my presence. So me worshiping the Heavenly Father, you doing the same thing, it puts you in his presence. But he, he gets engaged with you. So worship. Worship this year. We're going to take time. Get into the word of God like never before. Listen, we could read the word of God from front to back over and over again for the rest of our life and we'll still always find something new and relevatory. So don't ever think you've made it. Don't think, oh, I know everything about healing and I know everything about prosperity and I know everything about joy and peace and protection. No, constantly get something new out of it. You're always going to get some revelation out of it. You're going to see something different. There's plenty of stories in the Bible where I've got different things I've seen out of one story. So so as you worship, being in that presence, these are the things that you're going to engage throughout the year. All right? So number three, worship. Number one, we said feed the flames with the word of God. We're going to feed the flames. We're adding prayer as fuel to the flames. And then now worship. That's going to keep the flames going. That's going to be that connection. Isn't it? Like, I, I don't know about you, but... I like get so excited to get to church in the morning to get into that. It's like laying the foundation for the rest, that time of praise and worship, that time for me to give it my all, to surrender, to tell the Lord how much I love him, to tell him how thankful he is. Doesn't that get you like because of that worship from the from throughout the week and the last Sunday? I have a desire for it for the next Sunday. So see, it gives you that connection. It gives you that desire. All right. Number four, allow the Holy Spirit to move. That's going to keep your fire going. Don't quench the Holy Spirit. 2 Corinthians 3.17, for the Lord is the Spirit and wherever of the, where the Spirit is, there is freedom. So we don't want to quench the Spirit. Quench, you quench a fire, you throw water on it, right? You throw dust on it. You throw whatever on it to, to make the flames go out. We have to do the opposite because, look, wherever the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. We are to live free from everything. See? That's what I was saying at the beginning. It, it's, it's sometimes a hard, you know, you've been taught so many things growing up, whatever denomination you've gone to or maybe something you've heard, and sometimes you get into that, well, you know, I, I'm supposed to go through things. It teaches me this, or that's not really, you know, I, you, you, your struggle makes you better, makes you stronger. You know, I, I should get knocked down so I can learn to get back up again. But that's not freedom. That, that, that's, that's, a, that's struggle. That's not freedom. So where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. There's freedom in my life. I don't have a bondage to the things of this world. I don't have a bondage to the things that are going to hold me back 
uh, fear and doubt. I don't have a bondage to the things that aren't going to allow me to step out. I'm not going to have a bondage to things that are going to prohibit me from having the mind of Christ or operating in, in wisdom, operating at a full capacity that I should as a Christian. I'm not going to have that because I'm going to allow the Holy Spirit to move. I'm not going to quench, right? We have that verse right here. 1 Thessalonians 5.17, do not quench the Spirit. We got to stop telling the Holy Spirit how to operate. He's our guide. We weren't sent to the Holy Spirit, right? He was sent to us. He was a gift. He was sent to us to be our guide, to be our GPS system, to lead us and guide us into all truth. We weren't sent to the Holy Spirit. He doesn't need our help. He probably doesn't want it either, but he doesn't need our help. He was sent to us to help us. We were not sent to help him. And so it says, do not quench the spirit. Look at this one, Romans 12, 11. Don't be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Slothful, lazy. What's zeal? Enthusiasm, energy fervent, passionate intensity. When you look these words up, that's what's next to it. Don't be lazy. I had to filter there for a second. I'm about to say a word that's probably not polite. <laughs> Don't be lazy as I said Z. I said Z. Don't. I said Z. See, I covered that up. Don't be lazy. Being lazy is so disgusting. It's actually all throughout Proverbs, if we want to get into that. But don't be lazy. Be fervent. Go after the things of God. Let the Holy Spirit lead you and guide you. Stop correcting the Holy Spirit. Stop disagreeing with the Holy Spirit. Stop getting a word from the Holy Spirit that's trying to lead you and you think you know better. Cut it out. Cut it out. Cut it out. He's here to tell us what to do. We're here to be obedient. So number four, allow the Holy Spirit to move. And you know what? It can be hard, right? Because we all have a little bit of a control um, factor in us, especially as a mom, because... We are in charge of our kids, so we kind of get that mindset, like, what I say goes, and I know best, and so we get into that. We can kind of get into that, you know, or some people are just naturally controlling. <laughs> but we have to be like, okay, faith gets me out of my comfort zone, but the Holy Spirit knows best. Our Creator made my life. He has a purpose for me. He knows exactly what I need. He knows exactly who I'm supposed to be. He knows exactly what my gifts and talents are because he gave them to me. So I need to let go. Doesn't everyone love that saying, let go, let God? <laughs> no, we need to let go and just let the Holy Spirit. And when he says something, don't correct him. Don't quench him. Do it. Just feel like Mary at the wedding right? She said, whatever my, my, my son says, do it. All right, well, the Holy Spirit, he knows what's best. 
All right. So we're going to allow the Holy Spirit to move this year. It might make us feel itchy and uncomfortable, but you know what? That's the excitement of faith. Faith is a stretch. Faith is good. Faith is our currency. That's how we're supposed to live, is on faith. All right, number five. We're going to, and I've done a podcast on this before. I called it Spring Clean Your Heart, but that's what we're going to do. We're getting the junk out. Proverbs 4.23, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. Luke 6.44, a tree is identified by its fruit. Figs are never gathered from thorn bushes and grapes are not picked from bramble bushes. A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart. And an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. What you say flows from what is in your heart. We have to always do a heart check. We have to do a heart check. That is going to kill our flames if our heart is not right. (coughs) And it's easy. It's easy, you know, like the Bible says, everything you do flows from it, the you know, other, other verses, other ways, you know, your, your, your issues flow from your heart. And we have to keep that in check. We have to guard it. It's a very vital organ. It not only keeps us alive naturally, it keeps us alive spiritually. <laughs> and so we have to make sure we guard our heart, get the junk out. Anything that could get in our way that's prohibiting us from moving forward, that's stopping us from believing, you know, we can get those soul ties, those emotional ties to things, and it, and it causes us to step back. It causes us to freeze like we have cement on our feet, but we're going to do a heart check. We're getting junk out. We're cleaning it. We say, Lord, my heart is pure. My heart is for you. I desire what you desire, and so that's what we're going to do so our flames don't go out. Number six, two more. Number, number six. Bring your flame closer to other flames. Might have to do a friend check. And also a family check. And listen, let me tell you what I mean by that. It doesn't mean we're mean to people. Sometimes people are like, you don't want us to hang out with people anymore. And they do some like rough, cold, rude cut. (laughs) But... I group family in that too, because sometimes not everyone believes the same. They're not on the same page. And so we can get grouped into that. And then our flame goes down because the thing is, someone's going to give. Someone's going to give. If you're not strong enough, then you're going to go into the cold temperature. You're going to now go down. You're going to get a fence in your heart you're going to get to the point where they take your time and you're not reading the word and you're not praying. Oh, and now they're bringing you to their church and their church doesn't have a move of the Holy Spirit and and their church isn't. And then it becomes comfortable to live uh, at a degree where there's no change. Change is what makes people uncomfortable. But change is good. Change is wonderful. God has so many changes for you in your life. He changes you where you live. He changes you, you know, where you work, what you do, uh, desires, jobs. He gives you, you know, you have other talents. Sometimes people are doing things they never saw themselves doing, but that comes with a change. So we don't let change be scary. 
we let change know that, hey, that's, that's from our Heavenly Father, and I'm okay with it, and I'm going to go with it, and I'm going to have faith for it. But we have to make sure we bring our flame closer to other flames. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they stuck together. They were literally in a flame. <laughs> they stuck together. They were the three guys that said, listen, everybody else, everybody else is going to bow. But we're not. So these three flames stood together. And look at that. The three flames stood together, and they stood together in the fire. And the fire didn't burn the flames because fire can't burn flames. And so the Holy Spirit, <laughs> Jesus, got in there with them. And then chains were burned off. Nobody smelled like smoke. They didn't even die. Isn't that wonderful when you think about it? So we've got to get around people that are going to light our fire to encourage us. Everybody has a down moment. Everybody has a time where they're like, all right, I don't know if I can do this. I don't think I'm good at this. You got to have a flame by you. When your flame starts to go down, then another flame, just like in a fire, for real, a real fire. If you have an, uh, another flame, then you're adding it and you've got more, fame, more flames, more power in that fire. And that's what we have to do. We have to get around other people. And there might be some people that you're just going to have to check and be like, listen, you don't have to leave people in a nasty way. You don't, you don't have to do a big, you know, dramatic, we're parting our ways in life. But you talk to them in love and kindness and set an example by your Christian life of how a Christian is supposed to be. And then that will make them wonder. And sometimes there's a process. Sometimes it's hurtful. Sometimes people don't want to talk to you anymore. Family, friends. But that's okay. Just think of a small season. But God's going to work it out. So we're going to make sure we take our flames and we bring them closer to other flames. Ecclesiastes 4.12. A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. There are even better... Three, three are even better for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. Isn't that true when you think about it? If there's a battle happening, it's easier if two people are back to back because then I can see your back who's coming from behind and you can see who's coming from behind from me which is coming in front for you and in front for me. So look at that. We have to keep our flames close to other flames. Get a friend that's going to take that mat and climb to the roof and lower you in to see Jesus. That's the only people I want in my circle. That's the only people I want in my circle. I don't have time to play games. I don't have time. Let me Look at this. We're on night 15. We're already on January, what is it, 16th? We're already in January 16th of the new year. You think time is going slow? We don't have time to be playing games. We have work to do. We have work to do. All right? And number seven, we're going to start making our fire useful. We're going to soul win. What good is it if I just have all this goodness inside of me? Jesus is so wonderful to me. Jesus blesses me. Jesus has healed me. Jesus has taken care of me. Me, 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 if I don't share it. That's the whole point is to overflow more than enough. What I have, I want to give to you. 
what, what's going on in my life. That's why everything about when God teaches about, uh, in, it's always about increase. There's never, there's never a reduction in the word of God. It's always about more overflow. Your bags can't hold it. You're going home with 10 extra baskets. Increase, increase, increase is about what God has for our lives. So if you're on fire, we have to start making our fire useful. We have to soul win. We have to tell people about the goodness of God. I always tell everyone at my women's meeting, what is it about you that makes someone want to serve Jesus? Well, my fire is bright. My fire, the things that I talk about, my excitement, my joy. I don't have a sour face. I'm not mad. I'm not a jerk out there in the world. I'm always wanting to bless people. I'm always wanting, well, that is an attraction. So I'm making my fire useful. I'm taking what I have and now I'm able to give it to others. So we need to soul win. We need to soul win. We need to tell people about Jesus. Laying hands on the sick, that's a requirement. That's a, a, a thing that the Lord has told us to do. He said, listen, you go and lay hands on the sick. The fire that's inside of me is going to burn up bondage and sickness and disease and anxiety and fear. But what good is it if I'm living good, I'm not fearful, I'm full of faith, I'm not sick, and I don't go share it with somebody else. I don't go tell somebody else. I don't go pray for somebody else. I don't tell someone the good news. You don't have to be fearful. You don't have to be sick. You don't have to be poor. Those are the things. When the fire's inside of you, we have to start making our fire useful. I'm going to end a quote with this before we pray. <coughs> it's from evangelist John Wesley. I love this one. It says, get on fire for God and men will come and see you burn. Evangelist John Wesley. Get on fire for God and men will come and see you burn. And that's it. We're keeping our fire, ladies and gents. It is what it is. We're not letting it go out. And if it goes out, we're handing it over. We're not letting anyone steal it. We're not, we're going after it like never before. Nothing else matters to me. I, and I've had to get that way. You know, you, you're young in life and you think other things are a big deal. But, you know, there comes a time where you grow up spiritually you get more mature you're not there just you know getting bottle fed anymore with the milk of the word it's time that we rise up as strong men and women of god we're strong christians we see miracles we get what we ask for we we step out in faith we do what the holy spirit says it's our time everybody it's our time and so the seven things again i'm going to go over real quick is we're going to feed the flames with the word of God. We're going to feed the flames with prayer. We're going to feed the flames with worship. That's going to keep our flames going. We will not get cold. We're going to allow the Holy Spirit to move. We're going to spring clean our heart, get any junk out, offense, doubt, fear, shoot, out the door. We're going to bring our flame closer to other flames because when they get together, you got a bigger fire. And then we're going to start making our fire useful. We're going to go out and do what God's called us to do.
We're praying for people. We're soul winning. We're healing the sick. We're walking in miracles. We got to share that. This world is dying and it's getting crazier. It's getting worse. It's, it's like literally bonkers out there, but we're not like that. We're, we're solid. We got a solid foundation. <clears throat> so Heavenly Father, I thank you for tonight. I thank you for another day to live, to breathe, to work for you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the strength of your word. Thank you for your promises. Thank you that you're faithful. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for what you've given to us. Yes and amen. Thank you that you've given us authority against the enemy. We're not going to be trapped up with his lies. We're not going to be deceived. We're not going to be confused. We have the mind of Christ. Thank you, Lord, for the power of your word, that as we hunger and thirst after you, your word promises that we will be filled. We are the faithful. We are the righteous of God. We're seeing our prayers answered. We're seeing miracles. We're seeing lives changed around us. We're seeing our lives changed, our families' lives changed. Lord, the ones that we're asking for salvation in our family will come this year to know you will come this year to know you. That is a strong prayer of mine, a radical change in our family's lives. This is the year. We're not letting go. We have a bulldog tenacity that our families are coming back to you, Lord. The seeds have been deposited. The word is out there and we're calling them in. Put somebody in their path to speak to them, to witness to them. Lord, we're calling them in in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your promises, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you for the fire that it burns up everything wrong inside of us. It burns up disease and sickness. It burns up fear and anxiety. It burns up stress. But the fire is also our friend. The fire keeps out what's not supposed to come in. The fire keeps out what is not supposed to come into our lives. So thank you, Lord, for the Holy Ghost and fire. Thank you, Lord, that we're becoming soul winners like never before. Our boldness is coming forth. The Holy Spirit is evident in our lives, giving us a strength, giving us the, the, a boldness to speak your word, a boldness to not care about anything else but declaring your goodness. Thank you, Lord, that we're making our fire useful. We're laying hands on the sick. We're going to see more people healed this year as we pray for them. More diseases leaving. More creative miracles. More cancer gone. More joy. More love. More peace as we lay hands. Fear can't stay. Anxiety is not allowed to stay. For we live in supernatural peace. And when we lay hands on people around us, supernatural peace will belong to them. Thank you, Lord, that you've made us uh, someone to be able to bless people. Thank you for prosperity in our lives. Thank you, Lord, that we're going to become the most generous Christians. You're putting large seeds in our hands for a greater harvest to, for the kingdom. But also as we receive those harvests, Lord, 
we're able to help people, Lord, that it's an overflowing. People that come into our lives feel the goodness of God, feel the generosity, experience it through our lives. Thank you, Lord, for that fire. Thank you for sending your Holy Spirit, your Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us. We don't have to struggle. We don't have to, sh to, to trip up. We don't have to go through heartaches. Thank you, Lord, for the restoration in our lives, in our families' lives. This is our year as we're sitting under an open heaven. This will be the fullest year of your manifestations that we have ever received in our life. Thank you, Lord. I feel that. Robo shandaki rebasitiki. Open heavens upon our family. Open heavens upon our lives. This will be the fullest year of your manifestations that we have ever had in our life. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You're so wonderful. You're so good to us. We're so thankful for you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.